It's a podcast about musicals. My, my, this was a movie. It was about a Greek island where there was lots of people doing lots of dancing. Mamma Me Too is the movie. This is her just saw. My, my, what an expensive intro. Mamma Mia, here we go again. That was the intro to this episode. People have often told me that I have a voice of an for, angel. Po- for podcasting, actually. <laughs> um, welcome back to Heard You Saw. It's Christmas Eve, but this isn't actually going to go on the internet until well after the new year. So, welcome to already a confusing episode of the show. Temporally adrift. Um, yeah, as I, as I mentioned two episodes back, um, a lot of the episodes have been recorded and then put up out of order, so this will be confusing. Um, anyway, I'm joined today, it's a family show, I'm joined by Maddie. Hi! Returning to the podcast. It's my third podcast! Third podcast and a newcomer, my mum. Hi mum. Hello. Would you want to be Tacey or mum, or should we... Which do you feel more comfortable Well, with? we'll probably call you mum, but Tacey, for the people who are listening... This is our mum, Tacey. Yeah. When we say mum, that's who we mean. That is who we mean. And we just watched the movie Mamma Mia, here, yeah. here we go again? Here we go. Here we go again. Here okay. Here we go again. Here yes. we go. Again. Again. Um, we begin the show, as ever, with a fun round of one-line hot takes. Uh, Mum, in case you've never listened to my podcast show, and thus <laughs> have just given up it's on ever fine. supporting me in anything... Uh, it's uh, One-line hot takes is that we just give a quick, short sentence summarising our thoughts on the film very, very quickly, and then we'll have the discussion, and then we'll round it up at the end with final thoughts to see if anything has changed. Oh my god, it's like a little... Round beautiful circle of podcast engineering. Maddie, yes? your one-line hot take of Mamma Mia 2, here we go again. Um... I mean, it was it was very nice, really. <laughs> and kind of dumb. And some parts were genuinely affecting. Excellent. I, I liked the way your accent drifted as well. <laughs> Mum, your one-line hot take on Mamma Mia 2, here we go again. Well, I was the member of the viewing audience this evening who'd seen it before Mm. and it confirmed all the pleasure I got out of it the first time it's a great bad film (laughs) (laughs) I love that it's a great bad film (laughs) and when I saw it the first time in the cinema I sobbed madly at the ending and so was everybody else in the cinema (laughs) (laughs) lovely Um, and my one line hot take um Holy crap, Meryl Streep is dead. She is. Indeed. So um, She's not actually dead, don't take that out of context. I mean, she's dead. You've heard it here first. We're going to be on TMZ trending, hashtag death of Streep. Um, so we're going to just do a quick summary of the plot. A very quick. Yeah, we're not going to fall into the trap of what happened on the Aquaman cast last time, where it's just like an that hour and a half. That was 90 minutes. Yeah, 90 yeah. minute podcast of us losing our minds. Um... Uh, shall I? Some, you you feel free it. to jump in if you want to. Um, yeah. We oh, Meryl Streep is dead, and the kingdom is in ruins. <laughs> Amanda Seyfried playing um, Donna. Well, Sophie. Donna. No, no, no. Donna, who is Meryl Streep, is dead, and her daughter Sophie, played by Amanda Seyfried, is finally Alive. opening the hotel on the Greek islands. Donna's dream. Yes, living her mother's dream, and she's got a new hotel manager who is very... Andy Garcia. Indeed, handsome, with a silver beard. And Garcia. and one of her three dads is yes, present. she's got the heartbroken Pierce Brosnan, who had been identified at the end of Mamma Mia 1 as being the love of Donna's life, and they danced up the 
very steep steps to the church. Oh, Kim. yes! Yeah, so he's the yeah. stepdad. Step His dad? name is Sam, right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, and basically she's very stressed out about things are go uh, whether things are going to go well. And her husband? Are they, no, they're no. married, aren't they? No, because they didn't get married, because that's the point of Mamma Mia 1. I'm glad oh. we've got you here. Yeah, I can't remember the plot of Mamma no, Mia 1. No, the whole point is that she didn't get married, but Donna did get married. Oh, oh that's they the used twist. all her wedding trappings for Donna to get, get married, married to yes. Sky. Right, yeah. But right. she didn't marry Sky because they're free spirits. And she didn't feel ready. And meanwhile, Sky is in a CGI brownstone <laughs> in New York, working in the hotel industry. For six weeks. Yes, to gain experience of <gasps> hotel. But he's been offered a permanent job. And that'll be a hanging action that will never really pay off. Meanwhile, we flashback to the graduation ceremony at the University of Oxford. New College Oxford, new... apparently. I can't remember if that actually is New College. Although I think it, it's the right lane. What, on the street? Yes. Or Okay, right. Um, <laughs> where we see... right outside, Maddie? Yes, <laughs> they do! Have you seen Oxford? Where we, where we see a young Donna um, graduate from Oxford in style and then go off to seek her fortune in the Mediterranean Sea, drawn by some mysterious force of destiny to... Um, a small Greek island that will become the site but of all the major events. On the way, entirely, so that Waterloo, famous Abba Hitch, can be worked into the plot. She makes an entirely unnecessary visit to Paris. <laughs> where, where she in, also encounters the not Colin the not love of her life at all, yeah. who's just oh, he's wonderful. He's um, so closeted. So the interesting thing about this movie for me is I didn't expect this to technically be like... It's like a prequel slash origin story yes. of the character of Donna slash Meryl Streep, which is not a direction I would have gone in well, for a sequel. Well, simultaneously, all the other characters trying to come to terms with her loss. Yes, because it, as this movie makes abundantly clear, um, she is the fulcrum around which mm, mm. all events turn. Yes. And it, 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 it's dizzy, and even subtly addressed by the movie at many points, that people are like, man, Donna's just kind of like taking over everything, and I'd quite like to have fun with young... Uh, not Bill Sarsgaard. Bill. It was Bill. St it Stephen Sarsgaard? Yeah, young Stephen Stefan Sarsgaard is Bill. Yes, yes. Stefan Sarsgaard, you know, hunk. on his boat. Yes, hot Scandy hunk. Um, so... But I can't because I'm Julie Walters and my role is thankless. Yeah, cake. I will always be a wallflower with a big slice of cake in front of me. Um, there are Maddie, worse ways to live. as your first yes. time viewing this film, what did you make of this movie? Or what would you like to talk about about this well, movie? I mean, it's it probably a more open question. Of, the thing is, like, uh, I, I saw Mamma Mia on the stage and it, I loved it and I thought it was amazing. And then when the movie came out, I was like, this wasn't as good as it was on the stage. I will agree. And so I wasn't exactly going to this with high expectations. I mean... Totally, it was kind of flat all the way through. <laughs> really. Is this musically totally or just, um, or narratively I'm totally? I'm my sister. I, I don't want to get into the music stuff, although I, some of the performances were quite subdued vocally, but I meant narratively totally. It's just people are kind of sad, but they sing and dance. And, and they keep pushing forward. And they don't, they don't quite know where they're going in life, but they have each other. And dreams. Many dreams. Yes. And... Except, except Sophie. She's not allowed any of her own dreams. No, so I You mean, can only complete on your mother's ambitions! I mean, I did think that 
like, I mean, I actually quite liked the, the sort of the whole like, oh, mourning my mom and then like moving forward to become a mom myself. Oh, and, you know, mm. like and, 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 and kind of the oh, makeshift family that we kind of have. Oh, that's nice. But I was kind of like, yeah, but like maybe she doesn't want to. Like, I mean, I guess she does want to stay on the island. Maybe she should go to New York yeah, with Scar. Like, um, and he's decided that he doesn't want anything that's not her, which is like, that's fine. But I mean, I'm, I'm but mom, you promised me a dog on roller skates and there was no dog <laughs> on roller skates. When what did the you, hell? When did you promise a dog on roller skates? In the film, she said there was a dog on roller skates and there wasn't. But that's, I'm kind of like, it just sort of happened at me and my heart has grown maybe like one size. Not the full three. Not the full three. <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, that was in part due to the end credits, which were really sweet because I also kind of like that whole like, oh, your older self and your younger self are like dancing together. It's all symbolic. I'm a big fan of the cross-generation temporal, ah, let us like subtly baton pass kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, that was really sweet. That was cool. Also Cher was in it. We haven't mentioned Cher. We haven't gotten to Cher yet. I feel like that's a topic that we're going to creep up on. I want to sort of paint the shades of, you know, the, the opinions of the She's movie like and the, stuff. the peak of the pyramid. Is it, it is quite something. Um, one thing I will say about this film that um, I think works better than the first one based on my memory of the first movie. And this is the first movie rather than the stage show. Because uh, there's a whole discussion to be had, which we may have a portion of, of like the difference between musicals in film and musicals on stage. Mm. Because <clears throat> it, it comes back to that thing that um, with theatre, there's more of an acceptance of the inherent artifice of the yes, situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's like, well, they're on a stage and like nothing's completely 100% naturalistic. And so when people burst into song, your yeah. brain kind of goes... I actually found that harder to get behind than in most film musicals this time. I think because, well, you pointed out, didn't you, Mom? Like, no, 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 in the first song, they were actually really singing. And yeah. I was like, I kept looking, but like, they could be really singing now. They could be really singing now. Halfway through the, halfway through the film, I said, um, she was like, oh, I've got a band. And I was like, wait, she's in a band? And they were like, and Maddie were like, yes, in the first scene, when she's in Oxford singing with her friends in costume, that's them being in a band. And I'm like, that's not just the musical happening. Like, no, that's literally them being in a band. It's a big thing in the first film that um, it was Donna and the Dynamos. Oh, uh, I had forgotten that. Mm. Um, but I felt that this in some ways committed a lot harder to the idea of trying to sort of string things together as sort of like, let's do musical number, musical number, musical number. Yes. Rather than being sort of musical number, plot, 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 musical number, musical number, Yeah, plot, I mean, plot, it plot. did, it was basically an excuse to string a lot of other songs together. Yes, it was. Um, I, I felt that um, because the first film was based on the, the stage musical, hmm. which was much more cleverly plotted, I mean, that was obviously the first time they thought of doing it, of yeah. putting the other songs together. To there was much, there was more story. Whereas with this, there, the story is is, <laughs> is pretty rubbish, really. Um, but I mean, it's on, one I, story that we already knew, and one kind of coda to a loss that happened before yeah. the film started. <laughs> so it's a bit thin. But I think what I, I came into this film having read. Obviously, some of the pre-publicity when the film came Can out. Can you stop kicking Because I saw it in the cinema when it came out. Yeah. And what it... I read an interview with Pierce Brosnan and another one with Colin Firth. And both of them said, uh, basically... Particularly Colin Firth. It was... They'd all had 
such a ball doing the first film, mm. and they uh, they'd all been were doing quite a lot of serious stuff in their other in their real lives elsewhere. Yeah, and it was just like, oh my god, we can go back to this lovely setting and completely faff about. Yes. Yeah, I'd say that that and, came through pretty strongly. And also. Yeah. As I commented when we were watching the film to the other two, um, Chris Brosnan said, it, they, when they phoned him up, they said, he said, is Meryl in it um, and is Stefan and Colin in it? And they said, yeah, but they've all agreed. And he was like, count me in. And, they, so, and I think you do get that, that there's real affection, mm. that they, they did enjoy being together. Yeah. And um, Colin Firth said they did a lot of ad-libbing. And I think the fact that a lot of it was just absolutely faff just because they were basically faffing mm. they were mm -hmm. living and I think that quality came through yeah yes. I think there was I agree with you there's quite a lot of nice chemistry in moments yeah between some characters I mean I think we were all kind of in agreement that in terms of just quality of acting I think Colin Firth sort of like steals the show with like just a couple of lives with his furthiness yeah he just it, it, it was really a marked difference between him and the person pretending to be young here but i'm just like oh oh dear son you, you you've got young to... him was a bit of a charisma free zone yeah he's got to try and be colin firth specifically young at the peak of my sexual powers colin firth um and i mean did this guy not even watch the 90s Pride and Prejudice? I, I doubt it. I don't think he was alive when that film came out. It's it's also that, I mean, I know when I, having seen this in the cinema, I then was looking at more reviews, mm. and it's it's quite a big issue for discussion online, I know, that um, obviously it was an important plot point in Mamma Mia, both stage show and Mamma Mia 1 on the, the film, that um, Colin Firth is gay, his mm. character is gay. Yeah. And... Um, that is not addressed at all. Yeah. I think they should have shown him having a boyfriend. Like I, I feel like I may have been like projecting or like, you know, just vaguely sort of sort of seeing things that I wanted to see. But you know in the Dunkirk scene <laughs> yes. when all the boats are like riding up, which is a great moment. I think that's a wonderful moment in the film. Yeah. Um while they're all dancing around on the deck, I feel certain that I saw Colin Firth with a gentleman being kind of like, yeah. Kind of like couplesy dancing a little bit. I, I mean, didn't we didn't see that at all. I felt like I saw that. I may have imagined it, <laughs> and I was sort of remember going, "Oh yeah, then maybe his like boyfriend or whatever who was somewhere." Eh? And then we never get any deliverance of that being like, "Oh, I'm here," and also this is Chuck or whoever. <laughs> um, yeah, and and I mean, um, so that's that's one issue, and also, I, I as I said. There was the whole issue about why he and Donna sleep together. Yes. Um, and that it is, you've certainly given to understand in the stage thing, though I can't remember because it's so long ago that we saw it, that that is literally the only time he sleeps with a girl because after that he's like, oh no, this isn't for me. Yeah. Whereas um, in this he's like, you're love of my life. Yeah. He's all like, I'm a virgin and also sleep with me. And that was amazing. And oh no, I was bad. Well, time to follow you to Greece, but then give up. <laughs> yes! It's a terrible role. Yeah, it, bit. yeah. He wasn't great, but it was a terrible role. I'd I, rather have been him than Julie Walters, though. At least oh, we got it, the restaurant. She got some fun lines, though, I think. Like, well, young Julie Walters yeah, got yeah. more fun I'm lines. Talking than, about young, oh, yeah. I'm talking about old Julie Walters. Oh, uh, present, Sorry, older present day Julie Walters. Julie. I mean, the thing is, it is difficult because I felt she was given terrible clothes. 
terrible lines, and she is a great actor. And mm. she was playing opposite Christine Baranski. And she's playing opposite Christine Baranski, who just who A is and B had amazing outfits. Yeah. Um, and cool lines. And I felt that they really stressed the difference between them in a really unfair way. Yeah, it did, it did feel a little like punching down at some point. So yeah. I'm just kind of like, oh man. On the other hand, Julie Walters got back with Stefan Skarsgård. So Very unconvincingly. Yeah, there is. Yes. Yes. <laughs> can we talk about the, the catalyst for that particular romantic entanglement coming back? He's like, hello, I'd like to get back together. She's like, no, you've, you've been emotionally closed off and like weird. I need you to experience real loss and pain and misery once in your life. And um, he's like, ah, well, I guess we'll just have to be friends. And then she goes, Donna would have loved this party. Instant tears. He starts crying like, because I've lost my, your friend, I'm going to therefore let you kiss me. Yes. And she's like, oh, now that you're sad about some, the one friend who in previous scenes I was jealous over for stealing well, You're stealing, like, you know... Making a move on the hot yeah, swede with the boat. Taking all the hot swedes with boats of the world that I would have perhaps wanted to have, but couldn't because she was the front woman, and clearly I'm the frumpy one with the cake! <laughs> and then she's like, oh, you poor man with your tears, let me comfort you on my bosom, and that's it, that's yeah. the scene, and you're just like, oh, oh. I will say, like, Dominic Cooper... Um, I was just thinking about Dominic Cooper. Dominic Cooper, a performer I very much like. Um, during filming this, he was also working on the AMC series Preacher, which is, had, as I said while we were watching it, kind of similar energy in the same way that Mamma Mia 2 is very a musical and very much doesn't seem to take place in any recognisable form of our reality. It absolutely doesn't. Yeah, you know, there was a brief reference to the Eurozone crisis for What's Greece. That? Yeah, remember when the, the oh yeah they yeah. meet all the fishermen yes, in the he bar. Says, we sit and contemplate our economic decline. Yeah, they're like, hey, do you want to come and get drunk on us? Yeah, Yay! Dunkirk. <laughs> um, there's the jolly old British spirit jollying along the foreigners. Um, <laughs> the thing I the thing is though that preacher similarly takes place in an area that's completely it's a it's a hyper insane reality kind of thing. And I saw an interview with him where he, he was sort of like, yeah, it was. An interesting transition because in Preacher he plays a severely damaged guy who at the present at the time when he was in it was just in the process of running an underground fight club between zombies. Okay. And then he would be like, Well, I'm off to Greece to go and like be like, Hey, I I'm I love you and I want to be with you forever, rather than being like, I'm in New Orleans and everything is miserable. <laughs> <laughs> but in a similar way, I'm like, I can see how that transition yeah. was like kind of easy, because it's like none of this is real. This mm. is great. Mm -mm. Um I'm a big fan. Now let share. me. Uh, we'll get to share. We're not there yet. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Drop a thing off. I'm a big fan of is um, I really like films where they end with a ghost of a major character smiling and looking on at the events that have happened, or even better, giving some kind of monologue about the events that have occurred. Do you like them or do you like to mock them? No, I, I think they're brilliant fun. I think sometimes they're a bit crap, but also, like, they it's but hilarious. That's part of the fun, isn't Yes. It? Um, the level up from that, which I was unaware of, is having Ghost Meryl Streep at the christening of her gra of her granddaughter singing about the moral of the film, kind of? What is the moral of the film? You'll never be alone once you had a baby? Yeah, have kids, ladies. That's the moral? Here's the thing. My life, Family! My Family is the moral. Yes, kind of. 
Love! Fire, fire love! Yes! Love! Super Troopers! All you need is love! That's the Beatles? <laughs> 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 but I have, I have, um, one of the things I, 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 it kind of leads me to is that we were, we were commenting that some of the songs worked quite well for mm. what they were used for in the movie. <laughs> Other songs were, were, were confusing and didn't quite work as well. And, and some songs were, I mean, it was kind of basically a, mostly a combination of ABBA songs I didn't know and ABBA songs they've used in the last film. Yeah. Yes. And I'm sorry, but like, they didn't make enough use of gimme 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 voulez-vous or under attack in the film they had like a whole under attack dream sequence filmed and they didn't they cut it really yes i didn't know that still mad oh but you know so if you're going to reuse songs from the film why don't you reuse ones that i like <laughs> although i do like angel eyes although that was a bit like we're gonna sing now yeah and I, that's another one where it didn't quite yeah, I mean, you were like, what are you trying to say here? Well, I mean, I was me? kind of like, I don't think that Dominic Cooper deserves this song. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's actually done anything really wrong. Well, he it. also got, um, was it, One of Us is Lonely. One yeah. of Us. Yes. Yeah, One of Us. Together, yeah. Yes. And we're like, he only said they've offered me a cool job in New York and apparently highly paid and we could live not on an island that gets hit by... Tropical storms? I mean, to be tr the trouble is really that's quite a deep, important conversation to have with your partner, I think. Like, I mean, you know, this is actually a big question about their future. Yeah. I mean, maybe, like, is there a <laughs> song? I feel there probably is. Here's, here's another thing that I, I, I noticed, is that there seemed to be a kind of form of diminishing returns on the elaborate nature of the musical sequences as the film progressed. Because, like, you look at the opening number with, like, I, I Kiss My Teacher, mm. like, full-on outfit changes, massive cast of dancers, multiple changing locations, Bicycles. bike riding, jumping on a boat, jumping off the boat, etc, etc. Oh, God, et I forgot the dancing on the houseboat. Yeah. Um, then Waterloo, you have dancing waiters in costume, like, the weird bit where they seem to get beheaded, but they're not beheaded. Um, um, that's wonderful, isn't it? I, I think that was possibly my favourite music like, sequence. It was, like, a, it was a really well choreographed it's scene. It's just wonderful. Yeah. yeah. It's entirely batty, but it's wonderful. Indeed. And I mean, kudos to young Colin Firth. He did put that across well. He did. He, he went for it. He could dance. But on, other, on the other hand, then, as the film went on, you got, like, for example... Um, Dancing Queen kind of works, but because it, it's just like all the boats come in, yeah. they all dance down, they all dance nice together. I'm like, that's nice, but it's still kind of like, I feel like for what's meant to be one of the most massive set pieces, I wanted it to be a bit bigger and crazier. Mm -hmm. And then like, was it uh, is was it Angel Eyes the one where it's just we're just walking through and singing? They did do that. Yeah, and Angel Eyes is the one between Christine Moretzky and Julie Walters and Sophie. Yeah, where yeah. it's sort of like we're just kind of walking around and they're amazing. Whilst dresses. Yes, kind of. They, yeah. Was that when you said I'm not sure that everybody knows what they're doing in this scene? Yeah, there were just people just kind of like, yeah, <laughs> I'm here. Well, certainly that I what I I think I noticed, particularly with the scenes on the island, um, which weren't really big. I mean, like the on the the boats, at least all the fishermen were very choreographed. Yes. Um, but the, there were scenes in the hotel where people were actually banging into each other. I don't know if you <laughs> noticed. They they were like a bit late, sort of 
And they, they were waving their arms in unison and so on. I felt that the hotel staff had been insufficiently advised that they were taking part in the music. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe they were like, oh, jeez, we thought, we thought the song and dance numbers had ended. I mean, oh, God, she's come back. There were a lot of song and dance numbers. I could certainly imagine a choreography being like, shit, we have just, not just, got enough choreography just, for this. <laughs> just do what you did before, okay? But equally, like, with Fernando, which in an odd way is kind of the crescendo of the movie? Yes, yes because... And I know you don't want to get to it yet. No, we're going to go into... Well, this is my segue. We're going to yeah, get into the share yeah, thing now. Yeah. It, it is, it is the, the climax because it's just that Cher burns with the thousand megawatt superstar... Of Cherness. Of Cherness, which nobody else possibly on the face of the earth has to in exactly the same bizarre way. Yes. She's, um, she's magnetic in this film. Not... Possibly in the way that you want because it's like she enters the movie and everyone else is less interesting Yes, yeah, and true. I'm just like I mean I, I like Cher and she's far and away the best singer in this piece But equally who? Why? What? Mexico? We just needed Cher, okay? Yeah, we, yeah, <laughs> I, also we needed Fernando, which is a song that I like. I like well, the song when Fernando. I, when I saw it with Zoe her comment was well Cher was ab absolutely right in the comment she made about Amanda Seyfried singing. And she said, <laughs> I think it, she said, you, she, she said to me, you said that people had limbs. She said, I think Cher just actually just said that straight off the top of her head. Yeah. Well, you were a bit pitchy. <laughs> just like, oh. Your, t your timing's off and you, you were a bit pitchy. And she says, actually, right, she was. Yeah. And she said, it, 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 she said to her, is more or less what you're saying, is that um, she said her singing was, is so different in quality from everybody else yeah that but it's also it's not just that it's the quality of share it's the shareness yeah but the singing also is in such a different league from everybody else because they decided when they did the um the film as against the stage show that they wouldn't use professional singers mm. they would they, they would, would just, use known people they, they would, would use, use known people Brosnan. yeah they would use pierce brosnan well they try and use pierce brosnan <laughs> is, the, is the accurate term <laughs> to be fair to him he has never for a moment claimed oh no oh. he's been very frank and always like yeah i know i'm terrible but i, I love it <laughs> And he exuded dadness in this. It was very dad. <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's what, if I if But your comment is I, I totally agree with it. It's as though she came on and she was then from then on she was in Technicolor, even though she was actually looking very black and white in her outfit and get up. She then made everybody else look rather faded. Well here's the thing. With something like the Fernando sequence, like it because of the, the the lyrics of that song, and because of the mm. you know the magnetic power of you know Roland Garcia and um, Cher, and them just he did quite well actually you know holding his own in that sequence of like, I was like I, yes you were a suitable not, mate for Cher he was dignified yeah and he wasn't completely overpowered by it which no. was good but I feel like if I had been doing that it would have been like their eyes would have met across the crowd world he would have been like Ruby and it's like hard cutter in the fucking desert and it's just the two of them and oh, she's wearing yeah. kind of massive swooshy dress and yes. like the sky is on fire yes, and they yes. sing their torrid love song and we fade back to reality and they're holding each other in the middle and it's like the most powerful thing that's ever happened yeah you know that's the kind of like musical whoosh that this movie started with and yes. then it just didn't quite keep because the credits yeah, the super fabulous. trooper sequence are amazing because it's like yeah full-on timelines crashing into each other everyone's in ridiculous outfits yeah all posing yeah. and fireworks well, quite and, right. yeah. actually 
thinking about it, I'm just mentally transposing Cher and Andy Garcia to like a desert scene, as you said. Mm. And I think that could actually have worked because although, as I understand it, his, um, his CV is very different from hers. He's not a musical... He's quite a serious actor, he's isn't he? He's a serious yeah. actor. Um, he obviously has great gravitas. Mm. Um, and There is a storm coming. So you're like, oh, yeah. is yes. the storm there share? definitely is a storm coming. <laughs> um, I think if you'd done it and it was just the two of them without the crowd around them, as you suggest, in like a desert scene, yeah. I, and, and it was like it was all happening in their heads, I think I agree. I think that would have been better. And it actually, if you then snap back to reality, you wouldn't have had such a disconnect between them and the crowd because they didn't go with the rest of the crowd. That's the problem, isn't yeah. it? Also, I have to say that generally... In musicals, I mean, certainly with film musicals, I kind of think like either everyone on the stage should be singing and participating in the number, mm. or like one person should be doing it and everyone else should be ignoring that they're singing. Yeah. Like, I think once, I mean, I'm just thinking, uh, it's, it go with me, I'm just thinking about the film version of Rent. Okay. And Maureen's song Over the Moon. When yes. you just imagine oh. her like performing that and there's no audience reaction or anything. It's hilarious and wonderful. And then when you see people actually responding and clapping. And going, yeah, go girl! It sort like, of makes no. the whole thing look stupid. And I did feel a bit like, like I said, I was kind of like, people are like all looking at Cher and being like, wow, Cher has found her boyfriend. Wow, this is amazing. And I'm like, what? And also I, I, a part of me would be like, why are these people so, because they're like, who is... Who's yeah. that? What? It's Shay. Fernando? <laughs> what? <laughs> but yeah, I, I feel like the... It, it comes, like you were saying, about the way that people in the scene need to be a part of it, because that's the nature of what a musical is. When it's on stage, mm -mm -mm. you don't really have superfluous people, because... Yeah, they just... They can just they, off into the Yeah, wings. they can go into the wings, or they dance, or they provide backing vocals yeah. or something, or they throw a prop to the lead guy as he's mm. prancing around on a table, and they're going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 or whatever. Yeah. You know, I was thinking like a guys and dolls something. Never mind. Um, but the but with film, you both have the ability to do that way harder because you can, through the power of editing, put your performers literally anywhere. Like you know the the whole sequence. I think that the the um the one of us sequence actually worked quite well because it was just Amanda Seyfried and Dominic Cooper. Yeah. But they kept you know cutting between them and moving physically the camera from making their locations both the same but different and I'm like that's good that's clever and actually clever. as well I did quite like it when it's like um uh Julie and Christine and Amanda like walking through the hotel as it is transposed uh, with Donna discovering Donna. it when yeah. she came yeah. and it was all ruined and I was like oh yeah that's I nice I can't remember if there was actually a song involved in that yes thing. there was a song does anyone remember what the song was no it was an Abba song yes that, in all likelihood <laughs> You don't but, know that. Yeah, but no, again, Nick, that kind of stuff is nice, mm. I think. Yeah, and yeah, I, yeah that's it a good point. It is a bit as though there was, in terms of, like, the effort put into the production, it was as like they were up, and then it sort of sagged down, and then you had a, 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 a jerk up when the boats were coming in, the Titanic Dunkirk yeah. bit, and then <laughs> it kind of sagged a bit, and then it went up for the credits. Yeah. I, I kind of feel like, again, with the boat sequence, like, part of the thing that made that sequence feel less, like, punchy to me in terms of, like, the sort of delirious fun of it 
is that they respected the real geography of the island too much. I would have rather have it been like, the boats are coming, they're like, oh my god, the boats are coming! And then like, the boats literally just like, crash into the hotel. And it's like, well that doesn't make sense. It's like, no, it doesn't need to. And then they all jump off the boats into the hotel. Yeah, and then you yeah, have a yeah. dance sequence Whereas in the hotel. Have quite, that was, there was that a lot was of like, when... we're dancing and walking. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> quite a long way to go. And that yeah. was when I said, hang on, is this really singing? And you were like, no, hyper-reality. And I was like, yeah, I know. But yeah. I was, and yeah. like going very awkwardly around that woman with her sticks. Yeah, and you're like, what? Who? What? <laughs> yes. I tell you what, it, 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 I found myself mentally comparing it with. And I, I don't think I did this in the cinema. I think it, it worked better for me in the cinema. But seeing it again, I would agree with what you're saying. Um, is when you compare it with the start of, um, you know, Austin Powers. Yeah, you were a big fan of that sequence. Austin Powers, I the first one, International Man of Mystery, yeah. yeah. Well, you've got a huge street scene, but it's completely mad. Yeah. And, um, you know, and the way that it's staged is obviously, as you say, using people who would have had to have flown through the air and so on. Yeah. But it's heaven. Yeah. It's absolute heaven. It's so smart and clever. And it commits to the notion that, like, this is a dance number now, mm. or it's a musical not sequence. It's a geographical... Yeah, we don't need to make... In space. Yeah, we, it, it, it sort of comes back to that thing that, um... What's it? You, in, in filmmaking, there's a thing that I think um, Jim has often said to me, which is, in writing generally, which I'm sure you'll agree, you don't always go with what is correct, you go with what is entertaining. You yeah. go with the thing that, like, well, I want this to happen, so I'm going to do that, even if there are ways that I have to fudge things a bit to get that, because well, so, it's what the narrative wants. Yes, yes, I agree. And also, similarly, you know, they said in his writing, you know, don't be like, like, you know, he got off and he went to work and then he came home and oh, then yeah. he went round to Rosie's. It's like, no, don't do that. Come straight to the orgy at Rosie's. Yeah, place. he wants to go to Rosie's. He's like, oh my God, Rosie, you're having sex with Mr. Miggins from round the corner. <laughs> also, <laughs> that's the important thing. The other thing that's yes. looking through my mind this time at, uh, in that scene was... You know what? Looking at looking at Pierce Brosnan being dad, my God, he'd be out of breath by the time he got if he danced all the way down from the. Well, well, the bit did, when they were walking did, up the stairs. At he the did end. act. He did pause and act like he was out of breath at one point. Yeah, yeah. there was there was the bit when they when they were all coming up the stairs for the christening to the top of the church, and like it was quite funny because Colin Firth and Stephen Skarsgård were like, ah. Oh, we're both quite tired, eh? And they were just like, then they were just normal. But Pierce was like, holy shit, guys. Okay, hold on. It takes it out of you being bombed. Yeah, it's just like, oh. I've walked up four stairs and now I'm quite exhausted. Um, so, I'm just going to check where we are in terms of time stuff. Okay, cool. Um, we're now going to move towards final thoughts. Ooh. Unless anyone has any oh, specific no, no, topics no. you want to table. Um, Mum, after the discussion, having watched the film, what would you say in... One phrase, sentence, whatever, or brief statement. What are your thoughts on Mamma Mia 2? Here we go again. Well, I think it's 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 a real comfort movie. You just... Possibly... Um, I, I mean, the thing is, I find Meryl Streep vaguely annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just well, that's alright. I found Young Donna vaguely annoying. I'm, so. just, <laughs> I'm just looking up for the lightning strike to come to the ceiling. She's got too many Oscars. Don't yeah. like her. No, it's, it's not that. To whom I particularly I admire her technically, but she's you know I don't have that you know you don't quite see the what the hype is. And you don't feel it quite heart. work for me. Yeah. Whereas just to take an example for within the cast and the show, Christine Baranski, I have 
loved with a passion for years. Mm. And I just, I love everything she does. I've always thought she was totally brilliant. Yeah. And for me, she always really, really works. And of course, another one is Colin Firth. Yeah. Um, who, despite, I mean, he's been in some really terrible things. Oh, yeah. Really, really terrible things. But he brings <laughs> class and style and elegant thought to everything. Yes. Both of them do. Um, and so... I do find I struggle a bit with both movies in that you're meant to think of not only Meryl Streep but her character as being like almost this living saint and that's so that is mm. kind of a bit of a problem for me. Yeah, and also she's kind of mean. Yeah, she's not in this movie, in the sequel. We see her as a teenager. I'm just like part of me just like and this is very much like a sort of but she strikes me so much of the 19 well the early 1980s equivalent of the kind of uh, well you know I've just gone off on my gut yeah, you know it was, she is a bit and I was very like she seems to be just sort of like a bit self-obsessed and self-absorbed and very sort of like well there must be some like a, a sort of more pretentious less intelligent version of Belle from Beauty and the Beast you I was know. like, stop running around having adventures and laughing and everything. Yeah, like, get some fucking miles on the clock, and then she has a baby, and oh, God. But it's just, you know, everybody adores her. Yeah. Yes. Without, and she really gets, like, canonised in this movie. Yeah. yeah. To, like, kind of an absurd degree, and I'm Whereas like... I seem to remember, certainly in the stage show, I'm pretty sure that Sophie actually kind of calls her out for being a bit of a scatty mother. Yeah. Which I think is... And, and it's partly, like... In part of the plot in that in the original is like, yeah, you're a scatty mother, but actually I still love you, and I'm kind of drawn towards convention by being like, no, I must marry my boyfriend, and then actually I'm like, no, maybe a little unconvention and free spirit is okay. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of I think this was much more like, but Meryl Streep was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, which I I, I could honestly be like, nah, man, I'd rather. I we've kind of t-boned across your final thought, but you've provoked more discussion on, which is very good. Um. I, one of the things I would say is that they had the building blocks here for what could have been quite an interesting look because, you know, as you said, in first film slash in the stage show, she's like, look, mum, we live on this weird island trying to run this weird hotel and you've never really been there for me specifically. Also, I have no dads. And I have no dads and now I have three dads. <laughs> the fuck? Um, well, I know she's the one who's like, I should bring all the dads. Yeah. And then Donna's like, oh my God, you brought all the dads. But here's the thing. You've, you've got... I just like saying dads. But you have Donna as this kind of like, you know, less than stellar mother figure. And this movie could have been a chance to sort of explore both, one, how she came to be that while acknowledging that she was that, which this movie never does, but also looking at the fact that like her, mo her mother, Cher, is alluded to <laughs> and then shows up and is just like, I was never really a good grandmother. And you're like, that's all we're gonna, okay, that's all we're addressing? That's all we're addressing? Okay, okay. I'm Cher, your criticism's bounced yes, off me. That's it, you <laughs> Which know. Which is true, yes! Yeah. How can you criticize Cher? Because it's just, it's like you've got the tablecloth, I'm just imagining like a tablecloth stretched over, or you know, cloth of some sort, stretched is this over. this like the rubber sheet thing? Rubber with sheet, like, yeah, with rubber like... sheet is better. And then you put into your, You've got, you've, got a, rubber sheet. you've got a lot of balls, all made of like plastic, <laughs> and then you put in a lead ball. And that's Cher that's pulls Cher, everything in. And yeah. everything goes to How Cher. How awesome would it be though if no one had known that Cher was going to be in the movie? I like. And then you'd just like, she'd just show off and you'd be like, hey, was that Cher? I mean, I didn't know. Like, the thing was, there's a, there's a previous episode of the podcast, I forget which one it is, where um, Shay and EJ, hey guys, um, 
told me about this film and told me Cher was in it. I was like, what do you mean Cher's in it? They're like, Cher just shows up. I'm like, what do you mean Cher just shows up? And I'm like, yeah, Cher just shows up. Apropos of literally nothing, because Dominic Cooper said, hey Cher, jump in this helicopter. I'll take a boat late, uh, ahead of you. Um, Cher would let Dominic Cooper ride in her helicopter. That's true. He's he's good, but he's not that good. Um, <laughs> Mum, do you have any more final thoughts, or are you? No, I, I'm done. Um, Maddie, your um, final thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's definitely a good bad film, and uh, it's actually been really interesting discussing about why it's not actually a very good film. Mm. Um, but there were some genuine heartwarming moments. Although I'm yeah. thinking about like there was a horse and oh, oh yeah, the oh, horse. horse right? <laughs> why was the horse in the base? That's not like, where you keep like, a horse. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They'd also there. tied it to a friggin' yeah. major support beam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, there was also a lot of kind of stupid stuff in this movie. Yes. But it was quite sweet. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, I will echo the, the, the thoughts of my, my comrades on this podcast. Um, it's fun. It's very silly. But, again, this, this harkens back to kind of how I felt about Mandy, which is um, a podcast we did earlier, where I just wanted them to go a bit... Mm. harder and further and like if you're gonna do it here's here's the thing hollywood i know you're listening i know you want the the good ideas if you're gonna do a musical commit to like you know in the one of the reasons that chicago as a musical works so well is that they have hard delineation between real world musical stuff and they did that intentionally because they, yeah. were, they were like we're gonna have to work out how to manage this exactly so let's make all the musical sequences dream sequences yeah, so if you think of that as kind of like a rough template, but just think that in a musical, anything should be possible. Mm. Because when the music is playing and the people are dancing, you're not constrained by just, oh, there's no way that, you know, Greek grandmother would know all of the dance choreography to Dancing Queen. But it's like, it's also no way that those people could get from there to there. They have to walk the path. Yeah, it's like, no, they or don't. They must like, walk the path. Yeah, like, if, they, if you go a bit wilder... I think that would really help and sell. And there were shades of that, like in the Waterloo sequence. Yeah, there were some really lovely sequences where they did do that, but I wanted the movie to just sort of commit to that a bit more. It's interesting you mentioned Chicago, because of course I saw that on stage recently. Mm. And I must Thank say, you. it's very interesting to see it done in front of you. Yes. Because of exactly what you say, in that it is like watching a beautifully made machine. It is so well planned. Mm. And I realised that, as you say, the planning and the way with the economy, it's actually so simple because mm. it's been pared down to make it work really, really neatly. Yeah. Um, you've got very complex things happening, but a lot of it, you could get around a lot of it by symbolism or by simply, as you say, ignoring reality. But then it is reality, like the sequence in Chicago where the girl gets hung. Yes, oh, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. really well done, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <coughs> um, and that's an example of, of of doing something really complex and difficult and sad, but doing it very effectively with essentially symbolism, but it really gives you a kick in the stomach. This is the thing. Theatre yeah. is much more comfortable with abstract reality. Film, the default setting is like, well, well realism should be our palette because that's what we're filming. And it's like, right? Film... We get the people in the costumes on the island and then they'll dance. That's 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 what this is. That's what this musical thing is. But if you take a more abstracted view of it, it's a lot more open and audiences will come with you on it, I think. Mm. Like, 
just get a bit weird. Get a bit like fucking super colorful and like kind of stuff. Um, yes. So, um, we, oh yeah, wait, I've got to remember this isn't going out till the new year. Well, I hope, listeners, you had a lovely Christmas. A very merry Christmas. And a happy new year. Yeah. And this will probably be going up, if I think of the number of episodes we have in the tank, this will probably be going up, like, late January, early February. I hope this January has not been too terrible. Yeah, I hope you, su- you survived the first month. And let's all go to an island and save Christmas through the power of dance. Jesus Christ, can someone tell me to end the podcast? Stop it! Stop!